morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Will you stand with us this morning? And let's celebrate the joy that we find in the house of the Lord. Amen.
give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. 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 He is indeed worthy. It's a joy in the house of the Lord today, brothers and sisters. Oh, I didn't hear you. It's a joy in the house of the Lord today, my friends. Amen. Let him hear it. Shout out your praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you. I'm so glad that God saw it in his heart to wake me up this morning and touch me with his precious finger of life. Without God, we wouldn't be here today, brothers and sisters. And we need to thank him. We need to be that one in ten that steps up and says, thank you, Jesus. Let's give him another hand clap of praise. Amen. He's worthy of our praise. Thank you, Jesus. And I like what that song says, and a thousand hallelujahs. Thank you, Lord. I asked Elder Fran to pick out a verse for me to read with that song in mind. And she gave me Psalm 122. If you're at home, you have your Bibles. Turn to Psalm 122. And you can turn to it here. David says, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Are you glad? Amen. And now here we are, standing inside your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a well-built city. Its seamless walls cannot be breached. All the tribes of Israel, the Lord's people, make their pilgrimage here. They come to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Here stand the thrones where judgment is given, the thrones of the dynasty of David. Pray for peace in Jerusalem. And Heavenly Father, we pray for peace in this world, for Jerusalem, for America. We pray for peace in Ukraine. Let us go to the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters, and formally ask him to bless these places. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We are so grateful that you've allowed us to be here today, that you've blessed us with this precious gift of life. You didn't have to do it, dear God, but you loved us so much that you did. And, Lord, we just want to let you know we're grateful. Help us to make the very best of this day, not just for our own benefit, but for the kingdom of God, for our friends, for those we don't even know, who we can just some way, somehow, touch their lives with a smile, with a kind word. Lord, we ask that you strengthen us in these days. There's a whole lot, dear Father, that we're facing just living in this world. You said it would be this way towards these end times. I do believe that's what we're experiencing. We need your help more now than ever, oh God. We need a touch from God in every aspect of our lives. Strengthen us, Lord not just for our own benefit, but that we may strengthen others. Heavenly Father, everybody's going through something. And maybe we had that word from this precious book, from the throne of God, that will help them in their lives. Light up in us. Kindle a fire of love. Not just for you, God, but for all our fellow man. Let us show love. Let it be our calling card. For your word says, how can we love you if we don't love one another? Help us to look at one another through the eyes of Jesus with that burning love. Father, bless this service. Bless the words that comes from the pastor's heart, then through his mouth. 
into our ears and into our heart. Make us receptive to what it is that you have put on his heart to say to us. And then help us not only to hear it, but to believe it and then to live in it. All too often we walk out the door and we can't tell somebody what the preacher said an hour later. Don't let that be us, dear God. Lord, we ask today that you continue to protect us, keep us safe from dangers, seen and unseen alike, forgive us of our sins. Lord, protect our elderly and our young people especially. Lord, stop the violence in the streets, all the killing. That's not of you, Lord. We know where that comes from. We need you, Lord. We need you. Father, we offer all these prayers and all our godly thoughts, all our needs to you in thanksgiving. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. And amen. And you may be seated. God bless you. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. Pastor Roger is hosting a meeting to share information about ministry partnership at Christ the Cornerstone Church. Traditionally, people become a member of a church. A partner suggests a mutual understanding of working together to accomplish a goal. Sunday, August 21st from 4 to 6 p.m. at the Bear Campus, we will have our first ministry partnership orientation. At this meeting, you will learn more about CTC's vision and strategy. You'll meet others who are also joining our ministry partners team and what we expect from one another as partners. Attending the meeting does not commit you to this relationship. However, it is an important step in the process. For more information or to sign up, send an email to cfrederick at ctcde.church. The Family Ministries Department will be collecting school supplies for children in need over the next several weeks. The barrel will be located in the mall at the Bear Campus. Notebooks, pens, pencils, paper, binders, folders, and book bags are all welcome items. These can be dropped off during service times or office hours through September 9th. Worrying about finances is something that God never intended for us. He wants us to be at peace. Financial Peace University is a step-by-step plan to win with money. This nine-week course will teach you how to save for emergencies, pay off debt fast, spend wisely, and invest for your future. The course begins Sunday, September 25th at 1230 at the Bear Campus and continues every Sunday through November 20th. To learn more or to sign up, contact Darren Waters at 443-350-2832 or visit ctcde.church groups. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. Good morning. It is so good to see you. And we welcome you. But I was thinking, and tell me if you're feeling the same thing. 
The words say that God's grace makes us forgiven. That's a hallelujah, right? We're accepted and redeemed. That means we were bought with a price. God loves us so much that he paid a price through giving us his only son. So let's give the Lord a hand clap clap of praise this morning. You know, we welcome you, and each week we say pretty much the same thing, that if you're seated at a table or in a chair, you will find this card, an envelope with this card in it. If you are online this morning, there's a tab that says Connect. What's so important about the Connect card is, for me, the fact that we get to memorialize our prayer request on the back. You can tell us what you want us to pray about for you, And during the week, groups of us meet confidentially to pray over your prayer concerns. If you're online this morning, then there is a prayer tab to go along with the Connect tab. At the top of the Connect card, you're able to give us some demographic information. And what happens is throughout the week, you'll receive a text. If you're doing the fast with us, you'll receive a special text. Um, But you get a chance to get to hear from the church and get an inspiring text or email message. Then also in the envelope, there's a card that says message notes. When pastor preaches, he's, so you said I was passive aggressive, so this time I'll just be direct. <laughs> Write down something. How dare I ever call you passive aggressive? Uh, <laughs> I can take it. Um, write down something from the message that you want to explore further during the week. Um, If if it's a definition for a word, if it's a concept, if it's something that you want to talk with and have the Holy Spirit teach you more about through the week, write it down. Go home, look it up in your Bible. Look at a commentary, anything just to get further clarification. And when all else fails, call Pastor Roger, (laughs) Tuesday through Friday, 9 to (laughs) 4. I work weekends, too, so... (laughs) Thanks, Fran. Great. Hey, let me add my welcome to everybody. I want to know, uh, obviously, if you're here in the room, you're not at the beach. But I want to know if there's anybody online at the beach watching us. And welcome. And uh, I envy you. And what a great weather we've had, especially this weekend. And Carolyn said, I haven't gotten to the beach yet. And so when can we get to the beach? We've got to get to the beach. Anyway, welcome, everybody. Great to see all of you here today. As we think about how we serve God today, uh, I just want to encourage you to to just kind of look over the different ways, the things that you can serve God with. Maybe we go through a lot of times when we think, God, what do you want me to do with this? And a lot of times we don't even ask that question, so I'm encouraging us to just say, hey, God, how do you want me to serve you with whatever it is? With my crayons. How can I serve you with my crayons, God? Uh, Or whether it's uh, whatever it might be. So we want to be generous in serving God. I want to remind you also that part of our serving, we've entered into this season of fasting. And on your chair or on your table, you've got this little card. I want to take that home. Whether you fast with us or not, just take this card home. Set it up. Folds into a little triangle thing. It'll, you can set it up someplace and re, to just remember to pray for our church. But if you're willing to join our fast, uh, and it tells you on here what the fast is and when we're doing it, each week, taking a 24-hour period almost, 
uh, to fast together and pray. And uh, I invite you to do that. You can either join the fast online. There's a link that you can click to join the fast. Fill out a little thing. Let us know that you're fasting. Or you can scan the QR code that's on this uh, little triangle thing. Or you can take the card that's on the table or chair, fill it out, put it in the offering basket or the baskets that are by the doors. Uh, Same place where you drop your offering and your prayer requests and your praises and all that stuff. All that stuff just gets thrown into those baskets, and it's a great way for us to stay connected. Let's uh, remind ourselves of one of the principles that we follow. We, we encourage each other to do these things with, with not just our money, but with our time and all of our resources. So let's read this principle number three together. We give to support those who proclaim the kingdom. Jesus did three things in his ministry according to Matthew. He taught in the synagogues. He proclaimed good news of the kingdom of God. And he healed all kinds of sickness and disease. And we are to do those same three things together. And so we, uh, we give in order to, to those who proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Let's read this scripture together that uh, rejoices in that idea also. Let's read. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich... Yet for your sake, he became poor, so that by his poverty, he could make you rich. That's the good news. That's part of the kingdom of God, what Jesus has done for us. A lot of thoughts in that, in that verse. You may need to chew on that a little bit and, and pray and think about that. Let's continue worshiping God this morning. If you're in the room, I invite you to stand uh, with us if you're able to do that. And let me offer this prayer as the team comes back. We continue to sing and pray and praise and rejoice and listen to God. Let's pray together. Jesus, we're so grateful to be in your presence this morning, whether we're in this room, whether we're online, or perhaps even sometime later this week, we're watching the, the, the service. Whatever time it is, God, it is your time. We're here for you. We're here because of you, and we thank you. Lord, we ask you to come and inhabit, live in, be welcome in the praises of your people as we sing to you, as we pray to you, as we fellowship with one another. Be present with us. We ask this in our precious Lord Jesus' name. Amen. God, we don't know how you do it, but you always make a way for us. You always lead us out, set our feet on a solid rock. We thank you for that, Lord.
Lord, we have faith to believe that you said you would and you would do it. Whenever we have a chance to lead a song, many times, every time that subsequent times that, that we sing it, it, something different stands out to me in the course of a song. And for this, for me, this weekend, uh, this song is the bridge where it says, You pulled my heart from Egypt and carved a road through sea. The nation of Israel was in captivity in Egypt. They wanted out. They wanted out bad. Because it was their condition, their living conditions were bad. They were slaves. They were not treated well. And they wanted to get out. So God delivered them and they, he got them out of Egypt. And then as they were traveling across the desert, they came upon the Red Sea. And about that same time, Pharaoh came to his senses and he said, Why did I let all these people go? Now we have no workforce. And we're going to have to do all this work ourselves. Let's go get them and bring them back. So when they were up against the Red Sea and they didn't see a way through or a way out, they turned to Moses and they blamed it on him. Why did you bring us out here to die? And I don't know, but maybe somebody in this room or maybe somebody watching us online, you know that God has brought you out of whatever you were in before. But now you're looking at him going, did you bring me here to die? Because I don't see a way out to the next step. But then the last part of that bridge says, and when we cross that Jordan and look back on where we've been, from all our chains to endless praise, that's what he's brought us from. He's called us out of darkness and into marvelous light. And wherever we've come from today, we know that we are standing in his grace and in his mercy and in his peace because of his love for us. Amen. And God, we rejoice in you and where we are and where we stand today because of your grace. Out of the wilderness into your deliverance look where I'm standing now these hands that once were chained now lift
given us today, Lord. We rejoice in the freedom that you give us in Jesus Christ. God, we thank you. We thank you today. We look back, we think about where we were in relation to where we are. And folks, I don't believe anybody in this room, especially me, thinks that we have arrived because we have. There will be that one day when we cross from this life into the next when we will have arrived, but we haven't yet. God is always working in us to do something new. Whether we see it or whether we recognize it or whether we want to believe it or not, He's always making us new. And praise and worshiping Him is one of the keys to unlock that. So God, we pray today that our praise, that You would receive our praise. Lord, our hearts are genuine, are genuinely turned to to you today. Because we ask you to move in us by the power of your Holy Spirit. So we thank you for the name that is above every name. Chain-breaking, miracle-making, prodigal-saving. you as we have lifted your name, lifted your name. We pray that your Holy Spirit move and touch our hearts today.
Central to join me on the platform. If you have children that are going to Kids Church after this prayer, then uh, you'll go with April and their team will minister to them. Father, we thank you for your great blessing on us and for the name that is above every name. We call on that name today, God. We ask you, we ask you, Holy Spirit, move in us. Bless our children today as they hear from your word and from the team as they minister to our children. And Father, we pray your anointing and your blessing on them. God, we pray for our pastor as he comes to bring the message and our hearts to be open. In the name of Jesus, we ask. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. again. I want you to take time this morning to think about an experience that you had, that after you had that experience, you absolutely had to tell somebody about. What, what, what did you experience in life that, that you said, I've got to tell somebody about this? So go ahead and whisper that to a person that's near you or, or, or say it to me. <laughs> hmm, what have you experienced? Online, post a, post a note. A couple words about an experience that you had. Gwen retired. I am done. I'm gonna have a baby. Not me, but you're gonna have a baby. We're gonna. We're we're pregnant. That's the guys today say that. Anything else? I passed my driver's test. I bought a new bicycle. Whatever it might be. There are things in life that when we experience them, we just absolutely have to tell somebody. We can't keep it in. We can't not tell. I remember, and I've shared this story before, uh, so forgive me for saying it again. Pastor Paul used to say, if you've heard this before, just raise your hand. <laughs> and he, as if he would stop, but that never really stopped him from saying it again anyway. And uh, so when I proposed to Carolyn... I knew that she was the one that I wanted to marry, but I could not decide on a plan, on a way to ask her to marry me. And so I was thinking about it, and, uh, and all of a sudden it hit me, Roger, just ask her. Just ask her. So I had all, all this desire, all, all these emotions, all this, this decision was made and everything was ready. Just ask her. And all of a sudden I blurted out this question. Carolyn, before I ask you to marry me, 
do you want me to meet your father? Because I had not yet met her father. And she choked. I could see the gulp go down her throat. And she said, no. And so I pulled the car to the side of the road because I was driving Interstate 75, someplace in Ohio between Detroit and Dayton, beside a cornfield. I don't know who the farmer was, but I have a picture of his beautiful corn. It's the backdrop after I asked Carolyn to marry me in the car beside the highway, cars flying by. We got out. She said yes. We got out. I put the camera on the hood of the car because in those days, that's what we had. And took a picture of us beside the highway. Cars are going by. They don't know what we're doing. We're these two young kids standing beside the road, smiling, holding each other. I couldn't not ask that question. There are times in our lives when, when an experience is so powerful that it's got to come out. People have to know. We're going to look at one of those kinds of experiences this morning. When life brings us a powerful experience, we have to tell someone. And Peter and John, as we look at their experiences in the Bible today, let's think about Peter and John for a minute. Peter, both of them, had been walking with Jesus for only three years. Think about a friend that you've had, uh, your closest friend. You have probably been friends with that person for more than three years. But Peter and John had been with Jesus only three years, and he has absolutely changed their lives. But think about Peter. What were some of the experiences that we know that Peter and Jesus had together? We know that Peter was a fisherman. We know that that one day Peter had been out fishing all night. He pulls his boat up to the shore. Jesus is, is there. He doesn't realize it's Jesus. And Jesus calls out to him before they get to the shore, throw your net on the right side of the boat. And Peter, the professional fisherman, says, who is this idiot telling me to throw my net on the right side of the boat? I am a professional fisherman. I know which side is the right side of the boat to fish. But anyway, Peter hadn't caught anything. <laughs> this professional fisherman. So he throws his net on the right side of the boat. I don't know if it was actually the right side of the boat or if it was the left side of the boat, which happened to be the right side of the boat. I don't know what it was. But he hauls in this net full of fish that it almost swamps the boat. It's one of the experiences Peter had with Jesus. And then there was the day when, 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 when Peter said to Jesus, I will never turn my back on you. And Jesus said, oh, Peter, don't make promises you can't keep. Before this day is over, you will deny me three times. I will never deny you. Before that night was over, Peter had denied him three times and broken his trust with Jesus. Peter didn't break Jesus. Jesus knew exactly who Peter was, but the trust that Peter broke was his own trust with himself, having made a promise that he failed to keep. He broke trust with himself. All these experiences Peter had with Jesus, 
But then Peter realizes that Jesus is alive and Jesus restores Peter. Jesus forgives Peter. And this was all before the Holy Spirit came upon Peter. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon Peter, Peter's blurting out, he can't help but tell others about Jesus. And John is the same way. We see, we have, we, we see many less, many fewer experiences that John had with Jesus. Perhaps because maybe John was writing them down as he was having them while Peter was out doing them. So Peter was giving John something to write about. But we do know that John was the only of the twelve disciples who stood at the cross until Jesus died. John is the one to whom Jesus called out from the cross, but I can't imagine Jesus had the energy to call out. But in His suffering body, Jesus looked at John and said, Behold, Mary, take care of her. John was there with Jesus through it all. So, so these are two men who lived their lives with Jesus. And even after Jesus died, they still cowered together in private, wondering what's going to happen to me next. But then Jesus rose again. And Jesus gave them a promise that they will one day be filled with the Holy Spirit. And after being filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter proclaimed, proclaimed the truth, as we read in our Scripture at the stewardship moment. Those who proclaim the kingdom of God, we support them. Peter proclaimed the truth of Jesus. But by this time, the number of believers had grown. I'm talking about the book of Acts. We're going to go there in just a minute. Acts chapter 4. The number of believers had grown from only 120 people to this point. Over 5,000 people were believers in Jerusalem. We've got over 120 people in the room right now. But imagine next week we come back and there's over 5,000 people gathering on the 30 acres that we've got here at Christ the Cornerstone. I bet we'd fill it up. Thank you, Jesus. And I asked last night in the message, what impact could 5,000 believers have in Bear, Delaware? Or in Newark? Or Wilmington, or even Philadelphia. And I know that there are more than 5,000 believers in these towns here. They just don't all gather here right now. But the Holy Spirit needs to empower, activate, strengthen, inspire, lead the brothers and sisters in Christ, the members of His church, in order to do the ministry that He calls us to do. Peter and John proclaimed the truth of Jesus Christ. And they had done it to the irritation of the Jewish leaders. So much so that the, the, the Congress of the Jewish leadership called them for a hearing. I'm using language that we Americans understand. And when there's a problem happening, Congress calls for a hearing to investigate. And so James or Peter and John were called before the leadership council of, of the Jewish church at that time. 
And they were commanded to stop talking about Jesus. And Peter tries to explain, we can't. We must tell others in the process. And in, the, in, in that, he, he, he quotes from the Jewish Scriptures themselves, Psalm 118, verse 22, which says, he says to the leaders, the stone that you builders rejected. And, and not only is Peter proclaiming Jesus, he is confronting the world The stone that you builders, you're the ones who should be able to recognize the building materials that God sends to you. You're the builders of of Israel. You're the builders of God's people. But you are the ones who have rejected the stone that has now become the chief cornerstone. That's a great name for a church. Let's name a church Cornerstone. And let's let us add the word Christ to it. Because Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. And we don't have it on our signs. We must have it on our lips wherever we go. And instead of complying and submitting to the authority of the Jewish council, Peter is emboldened even more. But the council still demands they stop talking about Jesus and the miracles that they're performing in the name of Jesus. We just sang that song. The powerful name of Jesus changes my life, yours, and everyone else's. Like that. Sometimes it goes slowly. (laughs) But sometimes the change in our minds takes a while to go from our head or our heart to our tongue, to our hands. But Jesus still changes everything. Let's pick up the story. I gave that background about Peter and John before the council. Let's pick up the story at Acts chapter 4, verse 19. And so they're standing before the council and they're commanded, stop telling anyone about Jesus. The council had thought that if we kill Jesus, we'll squash this. But that you can't kill Jesus because he defeated death. Verse 19 says, but Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? Help me make the choice. (laughs) Do you think I should obey you rather than God? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. I've titled, I've titled this message, We Must Tell It. My alternate title came from a, comes from a James Brown song. I can't hit myself. <laughs> have mercy. <laughs> the council... Verse 21 says, the council threatened them further. And they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. Because everyone was praising God. 5,000 people. The movement about Jesus is growing. 120 people. 5,000 people. I don't know. We don't know how much time passed, but it apparently wasn't very long. Like that word, apparently. That means (laughs) 
what your parent tells you to do. There's something that was apparently told to you. Never mind. Apparently, it wasn't that long of a time. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign. What sign? The healing of a man who had been lame for 40 years. And as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. And when they heard, they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. I want you to read with me this prayer. Let's read this prayer together. O Sovereign Lord, Creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, Your servant, saying, Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against His Messiah. And the prayer continues. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate the governor, the Gentiles... And the people of Israel are all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. Let's focus on this. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching Your Word. Stretch out Your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of Your holy servant, Jesus. Is that a prayer you're willing to pray? I had this thought when I was preaching it last night at our service. Let's write that prayer down and stick it up someplace. Maybe the mirrors that we see first thing in the morning. Because we all look at ourselves at some point. (laughs) And pray this prayer. Oh Lord, hear the threats of the people who oppose you. And give us. Now, don't pray this individually, even though you could. But I don't want you to lose sight that you are not the Lone Ranger Christian in this world. (laughs) You can't belong to Christ without belonging to others who believe in Jesus. We belong to each other. So pray this. And give us. Your servants, great boldness in preaching Your Word. Oh, Lord, stretch out Your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of Your holy servant, Jesus. 
At 8.30 every Sunday morning, we have a sound check here in the room, and I skipped sound check today at the disappointment of those who like to check my sound. (laughs) Because I was with a group of people in our church, and I was listening to their longing for God to do signs and miracles in our families. And we must ask for God's power to come upon us and bring the change that God wants in our children, in our spouses, in our neighborhoods, in our co-workers. Jesus changes lives. And that's why I've called us for a fast. And it's a pretty simple fast. And if you can't fast from food, then don't. But I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, do you want me to do this? And in the fasting time, and if it's not food, then ask God, what do you want me to set aside so that I will have more focus on you? That's the purpose of fasting. So that we can call upon God that we, right here in this very city, can see the hand of God stretched out, bringing signs, wonders throughout this town, nation, world. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. To be God's servants to the world. So Peter proclaims that Jesus is the only one who can save humanity from the consequences of my sin, (laughs) your sinfulness. And even if you don't believe that there is a God, you're still a sinner. (laughs) You still need reconciliation with Jesus. And the ministry of the church, the body of Christ in this world, confronts the realities of evil in great, powerful, and even in simple and small ways. And many times it's easier to confront evil in a small way than to allow it to grow bigger in our lives where we need more help and more power. Jesus came to save from in order to save us for something greater. Jesus saved us so that we can serve others with the very same love and the very same power with which Jesus saved each one of us through our faith in Him. We are saved in order to serve others. The followers of Jesus are not asked to serve. They're not asked to encourage serving as a a volunteer. (laughs) I say often, we, we know this on staff. It's difficult being a volunteer organization, but we're not really a volunteer organization. We are an organization of the servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should have no difficulty finding people who are willing to serve the Lord. I don't want to twist arms. I don't want you to serve, do something 
for the sake of Jesus Christ based on uh, uh, somebody pushing you to do it. I want you to do it out of gratitude and joyfulness because Jesus Christ has saved you. He has served you. Followers of Jesus, follow what Jesus said in Matthew 18 because He has authority. And He said, all authority has been given to Me. Therefore, you go. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the commands that I have given you. And let's never forget this last phrase. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The servant of Jesus cannot do anything without the presence of Jesus with us. Last week we read Acts chapter 1, verse 8, which said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Which, by the way, is where I told you I would be with you. <laughs> We're called to serve. There's a difference between called, being called to serve and serving as a volunteer. Pastor Bill gave me, a, 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 as we were talking about this series, he gave me a book that has a helpful list in it, a comparison between a volunteer and someone who is called to serve. And I'd like to show you two of those uh, contrasts or comparisons. And the first difference between volunteering and being called is that a volunteer is someone who sees their service simply as community service. But, in contrast, someone who is called to serve sees it as ministry that has eternal effects. And therefore, it is an honor and a privilege for me to walk through a park in Ellesmere to pick up trash in a park where somebody else has come along and just thrown it. Whether it's a crushed Wendy's cup or a used condom, pick it up as a service to the Lord. Just do it, what the Lord asks you to do. There's a difference between volunteering and being called to do something. The called servant does it. The second thing is volunteers can easily complain about the cost of their service. I don't have the time. You're asking too much. You expect too much. So I'm not doing this anymore. But the person called by God to serve is a person who understands the commitment and they willingly make the sacrifice to do what our Lord does for us. I want us, as, a, as we're thinking about this series, Saved to Serve, we're not saved to just volunteer. We're saved to ask God, what do you, Lord, want me to do? Jesus calls us to serve, not just volunteer. And before we can effectively serve for God's purposes, we 
like those 5,000 followers of Jesus, need to be filled, filled with God's Holy Spirit. If we're going to know what God wants us to do, if we're going to have the ability to do what, it, what God wants us to do, we must be filled with His Holy Spirit. And we can see a couple things from this chapter 4. Two, just two things I'll lift up. The first thing is when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we receive courage to do what the Lord asks us to do. There are things that the Lord asks us to do that the world is going to ask us, why in the world are you doing that? That is absolutely useless. Nobody else is going to do that. Nobody needs you to do that. But if the Lord asks you to do it, you have to do it. And it gives us courage to go against. And notice in this prayer that they say, Lord, you know the threats that are being breathed against the church. And those threats are no less present today than they were then. So we need courage. I think of uh, my family likes to watch the show Young Sheldon. We've been through we've been through the Big Bang Theory shows way too many times. Cuz Carolyn's real picky about what she watches on TV. <laughs> There's about two shows that she watches on TV. <laughs> But so we're, we're eager when young Sheldon came out. And in, in the one episode of young Sheldon, here's, here's little Sheldon and his twin sister, Missy, sharing a room together. They're about 10 years old. Sheldon's brilliant. He's ready to go off to college at, at 10 years old. And he's afraid of sleeping out of his own household. And in that same, in that same episode, Missy is, is entering into a new school year and she's afraid about her grade and the teachers and the other students and how will I look and what will they think of me and all the things that we get scared about. Both Sheldon and Missy are, are, are almost in tears because of the fear. And Sheldon is paralyzed because of fear. And he asks his sister, okay, so we're both afraid. What do we do with our fear? And it's Missy who has the wisdom. And she says, what else can we do? We just have to do it anyway. And that's what courage is. Courage is the full awareness of the threats. Courage is the full awareness of the fear. Courage is the full awareness of the danger. Courage is the full awareness of the risk. But with the power of God, you know it is what you must do, so you do it anyway. The fear doesn't have to go away. You just have to do what the Lord tells you to do. And let the Lord deal with the consequences. When the Holy Spirit fills us, we have courage. Sometimes it's courage to say the right words the right way. And so courage can be very disciplined. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be like a bulldozer. I saw, I saw a video last night of a bulldozer pushing down a tree right next door to a house. It was the wrong tool in the wrong place. At the wrong time. Sometimes God is telling us to do something, but the tool that He gives us is precise so that the damage is minimized. But it's still the power of God in us. So don't think that courage and following God just gives you the right to bowl over people and destroy things, because that's not of God 
either. The second thing that the Holy Spirit gives to us, and this this is not a complete list. I'm only giving you two things. (laughs) Clarification of what it is you are to accomplish. And even if you can't see the whole picture, you at least know what the next step is. And you can go boldly into that thing. After hearing about Peter and John's boldness, the church prayed this amazing prayer that we can also use as a model to teach, uh, to teach us to come under the authority and the power of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me say that prayer one more time. Let me invite us to make this our prayer today. And maybe after, when I finish, you need to come here and you just need to, maybe you bring the Bible, it's page 908, this Bible, and maybe you just need to come here with the Bible and say, Lord, this is my only prayer that I can think to pray today. And I it's just, well, don't get it wrong, I'm just going to come up here and I'm going to kneel at the platform, I'm going to meet with somebody at the prayer station, and we're going to read this prayer one more time. Oh, Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your, our, your holy servant, Jesus. Did you notice verse 31? After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they all were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the Word of God with boldness. What is God calling you to do? What service is God asking you to give to others in the name of Jesus Christ? Let's let that be our prayer this morning. And maybe you're you're confused. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you've never asked Jesus to come. And maybe your first prayer, your first question needs to be, Jesus, would you come and save me? First, so that I can be saved in order to serve a world that needs you so desperately. Let's stand together as we pray together. boldness. Speaking the Word of God with boldness. That is our prayer today. And we can do that with a God that we serve because He is greater than any other. Amen? Water you turned into wine Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you Thank you, Lord None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power, our God, oh, our God. 
proclaim your mighty power. And into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you, Lord. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Awesome in power, our God, oh, our God. And our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, oh, our God. Hallelujah. Lord, we give ourselves to you today. As Pastor said, the front is open to come and pray. There are folks at the prayer station. If you're online with us this morning, you can reach out to someone there who can minister to you in prayer. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand against? Oh, our God, and our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, oh, our God, yes. And our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God. Oh, our God. And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand against? What could stand worship you, God. Hallelujah. If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for us, then who can be against us? Armed with that information, we can then do what Peter and John did and just say, I can't help myself but spread the good news of the message of the gospel. It doesn't matter what other people think. Because people in this world are dying and they need to hear the good news. And yeah, there are ways that we can do it that God needs to give us wisdom about how to do it in a loving way. But it's with boldness that we do that. Because we have been given a great gift. And we need to give that gift away. So Father, we pray that you would help us in this next week and in the coming weeks to be able to share the message of the good news of the gospel with people that we come in contact with. And then, Lord, let it turn into boldness to serve you 
in ways that you have gifted us in. In ministry in the church, in ministry in the kingdom, in ministry in our community. Lord, whatever it is that you've called us to do, we pray that you would empower us and strengthen us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. The front is still open to pray. There are folks still at the prayer station. Have a great week.